Well, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks, Mr. Wanham. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Um, let's jump straight to the elephant in the room. Um, you decided to join me with a with a bit of um, hair on your face. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think like like you mentioned a week ago, it's uh, it's for a good cause and it's just to raise awareness. Um, as much as raising money, it's about raising awareness and getting people talking. So, um, yeah, I thought I'd uh, I'd join you in leaving a pretty terrible moustache on my top lip. Good stuff. It's it's, it's really great. And again, uh, another good time to mention that I you know it is really important to talk to people and and share how you're feeling and and be aware of all these different things that can happen um i just it is okay not to be okay and make sure that you are you're comfortable with that so uh mr bar it's great that you've that you've joined in um really really good initiative um so thank you for doing that um let's give the the people what they want bake off what's happened it was you talk <laughs> us through it uh well we, we did have mr waterhouse as well previous week oh we did yeah you're right sorry mr waterhouse sorry excuse I, me i can see why you uh you forgot about <laughs> it though. no so, solid effort it was a, a non-bake bake off but um pretty tasty so good effort mr waterhouse yeah i'd love to give it a score but i genuinely can't remember eating it <laughs> it I'm was not so, being horrible it was some sort of uh white chocolate malteser ah uh, yes uh crunch is that what yeah, it is yeah yeah, yeah. Tray bake, crunch, no, not bake. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Non-bake. <laughs> uh, and then yours, what, what, remind us of what, uh, of what you baked. I, I did some jammy dodger blondies. So we tend to get quite a few brownies in the, um, in, in, in our bake off. So I thought, mix it up, go for some blondies. But I think you'll have to, to, uh, to review these. Yeah, they were very good. They were very good. I had a couple. One was slightly more underbaked than the other, if I'm being honest. Um, however, as I said at the time, much prefer an underbake than an overbake. Um, jammy Dodger is not my biscuit of choice. However, it's important that I voice uh, the opinions of the whole office. And they were very, very popular um, as a biscuit amongst the, the, the staff. Um, I really enjoyed them. I really enjoyed them, and I think that was the general consensus. So, thank you very much. There was a lot of time and effort and and love that went into those. So, thank you. <laughs> it was an empty, empty uh, box at the end, so they, they all they were all eaten. So, that's yeah. a good sign. No, they were good. Um, you're probably wondering if you're listening why I'm being so nice, and it's because I am due to bake in two days. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll save my honest reflections to to laugh at that. Um, so fixtures over the weekend. It's been a it's been another busy one. Um, a lot of national um, competitions going on over the weekend. Um, Mr. Bart, what stood out for you? Well, I think um, it's probably a good place to start is with the Nepal Nepal teams. Yeah. We had three teams who were um, looking to qualify. Um, for the next stage of the national competition. So we're under 14s, under 16s, under 19s. Um, all three teams gave really good accounts of themselves. Um, with the under 19 team, 
um, qualifying for for the next round. So I think that's you know that's excellent. It's um, you know it's it's a great achievement. It's still something that they want to build on and and try and try and get through the next stage as well. Um, but but that's you know that's that's really good. It's a really good achievement. Um, well done to those girls, but also to to the other two teams who, um, whilst they didn't get through to the next round, played some really competitive netball. Um, and I, and I hope that they they feel better for, from that experience and they can take that into the rest of the season. No, Mr. Dobson was there um, as a team scorer and he's very very impressed with what he saw. Um, so congratulations to all of that under-19 squads um, and, and Miss Thompson as well. Uh, the hard work's really paying off, so well done, guys, and we'll be watching really keenly to see how you get on um, in, the, in the next round. Mr. Barr, other national success. What else was there on uh, going on over the weekend? Yeah, so on Saturday we had, um, the again, the next round of the national championships for our cross-country team. Um and so all four of our teams uh, managed to qualify for the English schools finals, which is going to be held in Cornwall next month. So it just just amazing, I think, to have that consistency across the four teams. Um, you know, we're not a big school; we don't have huge numbers. To have one of one of the four teams qualify would have been would have been outstanding. But to have all four um, qualify for the next. Um, well, say for the next round for the English schools finals, um, it's just brilliant. So, so hats off to uh, to to our runners, um, also to Mr. Ted and his team who have who've worked tirelessly with the squad over the last over the last couple of months, and you know, re- really exciting to uh, to see how they can how they can do um, next month down in Cornwall. Absolutely, I I, I really agree. It's uh, a testament to their hard work and and what they're doing there. And I know we've. We've had a bit of a highlight on the on our running across country in, in the past, and it's great to see them kicking on and um, and really going on to, to bigger things. So, really, really positive. Um, other things to note: a block fixture against Durham. How did you get on there, sir? Yeah, the under 15s played out a, a thriller, winning six nil, um, kicking a couple of penalties, which was which was great. Um, tough game, mm. tough game against a, a big side, um, a side who've just qualified for the next round of the national cup, actually. Um, so really pleased with that result. Um, that was that was great. The under fourteen team were also at home and they they had a really well deserved victory against uh, Durham as well. Um, nice to see some some other boys uh, with the opportunity to play. Uh, some regular uh, starters were were competing for the cross country team. So really nice to um, uh, for some other boys to to have those opportunities to to come and wear the shirt and uh, and to put put in a really good performance. Mm, sounds like a, a real gritty, old-fashioned, proper game of ruggers there on the uh, <laughs> under-15 pitch, um, and I'm sure very well refereed to um, to that extent. Um, yeah, I was I was away with the uh, with the seniors, and again, uh, a really good day out and some great rugby on show. So really, really positive. I think my highlight of Saturday as well, uh, Mr. Wynn, was seeing um, how many of our how many of our pupils who were playing sport in the afternoon. Um, who still came into school to 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 do tours for open morning? I think yeah. it's a big part of um, the culture that we have at the Grove. Um, I think it's something that they they do really well. They always they always do us very proud um, in those in those environments um, and those big events. And so that was that was great to see see so many so many pupils from year seven to year thirteen um, representing the school 
uh, at open morning and then continuing to do so in the afternoon on the uh, on the sporting fields was uh, was great. So from one high performance star to another, um, a bit of a feature on this week's pod is um, is being joined by a really successful um, Old Grovian who is currently um, working or playing at the top of his game um, down at Leicester Tigers, um, has a, had a big involvement and left a big, a big legacy um, at the school in terms of his rugby um, and joined us for a, for a good chat to catch up on how he's doing, um, his journey get, to get there um, and what his memories are of schoolboy rugby. So James, thanks for joining us. Um, really good to have you on today and really good of you to give up your time. Um, we'll get started straight away. Can you just tell me a little bit about your journey from, from right at the start of the Grove and um, how you sort of um, managed to, to develop into an academy player um, and that sort of connection with Leicester Tigers came about? Playing Sunday morning rugby, um, down in Keithley, uh, a bit of Bradford and Bingley. Um, and then when I joined the Grove, I gave up Sunday Sunday morning rugby and just played on Saturdays. And then when I got to year eight, so normally the DPP stuff starts at under 14, I think it was when I was there, yeah. and after under 13. And um, I went down to Tigers, a Tigers game. My dad used to play for Tigers, so I used to get tickets and we used to go down and um, see some old friends. And after the game, um, we bumped into Nick Young's. Um, who's Tom and Ben Young's his dad, um, who my dad played with, and he said, um, "What are you doing with your career? What what's the plan for you now?" Um, and at the time, obviously Yorkshire County, um, which is obviously our, our local club, um, had looked at us, and uh, we're, pro- we're probably going to go down that route. And then uh, Nick said, um, "Look, we'll we'll see what we can do down here." And uh, Simon Cohen, who was the CEO at the time, uh, managed to get us in uh, Mount St Mary's DPP. Which is a Sheffield's that weren't too bad for us. So that's how it started, really. Um, got a foot in the door there and just slowly, slowly worked my way through um, the academy system and got to, um, and then got uh, an academy contract um, under 16s. Um, and obviously, the school were really good. At, I was at school at the time, so I would be in year 11 um, when I got that contract. And uh, the school were really good, worked. Um, worked a timetable out for me so I had to miss afternoons when I was down training uh, worked a timetable out that we, that we could both do and uh, yeah school really good in that in that respect and then just slowly worked work, work through the system and uh, when I left school uh, I got a I got a development contract with Tigers and then it's just gone from there really That's great and when you were um, sort of in sick form and balancing yeah. the two how did you manage um, you know that like high performance element sort of really trying to force your way and make a name for yourself at that age and, and make sure you get a contract at, at 18 um, with obviously still being um, up in Yorkshire and, and yeah. trying to concentrate on sick form stuff. Yeah, um, well, it was hard really. As I said, I was lucky enough that I'd have to maybe catch up on some stuff at lunchtime or so I think my it started off Monday nights was the night that we trained at the academy. And it was four till seven, so I used to leave about lunchtime. So I'd miss um, what was it, three, two or three periods in the afternoon. Um, so what I'd miss, I'd have to 
try make up somewhere else in the week. So if I've got three, because we got three periods in sixth form, so in my threes, I'd have to try catch up work I've missed. I'll speak to classmates and stuff like that. Um, and then as uh, the academy season started, it went Monday Friday, so I missed time again on Friday afternoons. Um, so yeah, it was just it was a it was tough balancing that, but it was fine. Like. I had some good teachers around me, um, some good mates helped me out. So what I missed, I just tried to catch up on in my freeze or at lunch times and stuff like that. So um, if you want, if you want to play at that level or you want to, you want anything to do with high high performance sports, you've got to make some kind of sacrifice, haven't you? So yeah, that's that's really interesting, James. And um, I think we've we've probably got some aspiring aspiring athletes there who who hopefully listen to this and and sort of follow in your in your footsteps. Um, I suppose from from a young age you were probably uh, identified as as you were as going to be a, a prop. Um, but one thing I remember from you being in year eight, year nine was you had you had one or three on your back, but you were kicking goals. Um, you were always yeah. working on your skill set. Um, do you think that's uh, been important for your development now? Because you obviously just played at six. Um, at the weekend, but do you think working on those skills and your all round skill set, um, rather than just focusing on the, maybe the the bread and butter of of being a prop, do you think that has has uh, has helped you with with where you are at the minute and and is helping you with uh, with your career going forward? Yeah, I think um, as a young age, also my dad coached um, when I was God, I'd probably be about six, five, six. So I'd always go down. On a Saturday afternoon, no matter what, and I'd be there kicking a foot, kicking a rugby ball about, passing it with people from the age of six. So I just loved it, and whatever I'd do it. So before the kickoff, and everyone's warming up, I'd be kicking goals over the post. I'd be passing the ball against the post, just anything. I just loved it, mate. And I think and then I played a stint at rugby league, which was obviously really good for my handling. Um, and it was a different, it's a different way of looking at it. You need to be a ball player. I was a ball player, prop side to. Uh, pull a lot of balls out the back and stuff like that and then because I was obviously rugby league is more of a kicking game um, and because I probably we used to play like full size pitches when we were like 11, 12 and because I probably had the biggest boot I just ended up kicking so it was just a skill that I ended up practising um, and then when we go for when we're kicking for kicking the points or going for goal if they score in the corner I'd, only, I'd be the only kid who'd be able to reach the post probably took five <laughs> So they just gave me the ball, really. So it just went, it just went from there. And then, yeah, I just, I just loved it, man. It wasn't even the fact that I was a prop. I just loved the sevens. I loved all the kicking. I loved all the skills at the passing and stuff. I just loved the game. It wasn't the fact that I was a big lad and I was a prop and I had to carry or do this or just scrummage and stuff. I just loved the whole. I wanted to be able to try do it all. If that makes sense. Um, I just loved the game. So I- yeah, but I'd probably, say, I'd probably say from a young age, the fact that I was going down with my dad I was watching loads of rugby I was um, I was always kicking a ball about I always had a ball in my hands from 3pm till 7pm when everyone's still in the bar I always had a ball in my hand which probably probably helped and how much time now you're sort of at the top level of the game do you still get to spend on those skills or how much how much sort of um, importance do, do coaches put on on that um, even like irrelevant at your position I think no matter what level you play at, the basics are so important. And everyone says it, but they are. So before, when we go in every morning, we'll have a block where it's like 10 minute skills. 
straight away we'll be running mat we'll be running um like your pods of threes and pulling balls out, playing tips and whatever skill it is, your tackle technique. Um, the basics are the most important things. If you get the basics right, you, you won't go wrong, uh, far wrong. So, yeah, no matter what level you play at, play at, whether it's under-18s, um, schoolboys, or you're playing professional rugby, I think if you can get the basics right, it's um, it's a massive help. So, yeah, we spend, we spend uh, plenty of time on that. Absolutely. Um, and what... So, going back to, to your... Um, getting your contract at 18 um, obviously playing in the front row how quickly did you sort of have to have to grow up obviously you've been in the academy system for a few years but what was it like in that initial sort of training with the first team and mixing with with people that you've probably idolised for a while and and, and learning off them Um, it was a weird one mate to be honest because you go from playing schoolboy rugby where the scrum is Irrelevant, right? You can only push yeah. a meter and a half. You can't get any dominance there, really. Yeah. And um, you didn't need. I didn't. I was lucky enough where I was quite a big lad. I didn't need to be technically good. I could just push. Yeah. Um. Where in my first year, I even went to Nat Two, I went to Leicester Lions, and um, even then, just playing against men who had done it. You're playing against thirty-five-year-old men who have no hair and they're massive. <laughs> and, um, and even scrimming against them, it was like it made you realise what you were going. You like flipping out this is hard um, but yeah no it, it was a great learning curve but to be fair mate like all the you look at the boys that we had dabbed down at Tigers where you have players like Ellis Genge Dan Cole Joe Hayes like there's some great forwards there some great props that have um, that have helped me along the way and they give me a little atten- attention to detail and and put your feet here put your arm there and just little little things that help out massively so yeah, I think when you first go down, it's like it's a big shock to the system, but um, you slowly get used to it and just learn what you can off, off like Dan Cole's a British and Irish Lion. Yeah. Uh, again, the, an England player, do you know what I mean? So, um, just some great people to learn off down there. Yeah, it's quality. It must be a great experience, even still, sort of start of your career, just like learning as much as you can and um, and just, just enjoying it. And like you say, getting a bit more of that technical guidance that you probably don't get at, at the level, at schoolboy level. Um, back back again to schoolboy. You had a, yeah. I know you had a bit of a cup run um, when you were when you were at the school. Um, yeah. The boys have got first team boys have got their last sixteen game against uh, Barnard Castle on Wednesday. Um, yeah. Can you sort of tell us about your experiences in the cup and um, and what it was like and the memories you still have of that? Yeah, well, I loved the cup really because um, we had a bit of a league um, when we were there, but. It was almost like friendlies, the normal games, where the cup actually gave you something to play for. Um, and it was knockout rugby, which is it, class. It's class. But if you lose, that's in your journey. If you win, you, you carry on and you can you can really build up some momentum. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the cup. We, um, in my... Uh, when I was lower six, we were in the plate final. Uh, we drew St. Peter's at which meant that... Um, we do some peas at home, which meant they went through because uh, they're the away side. So it was a horrible way to, to get kicked out of the cup. But it meant that we had a strong team and we could uh, we could get far in the play and we managed to win that. And um, and some of the memories you create, like we went down to six ways. Um, it was it was a great day out. Like the lads will never forget it. Um, and I think it's one of those things that now if I met up with half the lads, it's something you talk about. Uh, remember that day down at six ways. Um, and then so that was a great day out. And then in my second year, uh, we got to the semi semi final of the of the cup, which 
we had a good we had a good team that year, and we knew we could go one better than the year before. And um, and yeah, we just fell short against Warwick. But even now, like you, we come back to, I see lads that I went to school with, and um, yeah, I reckon in twenty years' time it'd be the same. Say, oh God, do you remember that day out in Warwick? We could have we could have got on there, and it's just a, it's just a real nice memory. And I think schoolboy rugby you don't realise now schoolboy rugby is genuinely like some of the best days that, like you're playing with your mates on a Saturday um, you go to school with them all out, all throughout the week and it's literally some of the best days best rugby days of your life so yeah. um, just just enjoy it as, as much as you can and if you've got a good team spirit and a good buy-in team that works hard um, you'll go a long way because a lot of schoolboy teams will rely on um, some of the tackle, like teams like Sebba or They'll, they'll bring in good players, but if you can work harder than them, it'll go a long way. And if you have a good team spirit, it'll go a long way. Um, so yeah, but some of those, some of those memories, some of those cup runs um, are the best memories of, of my school career. So enjoy it, mate. James, that's that's brilliant. Um, thanks, thanks so much for for doing this for for taking some time. We know you're obviously um, you're in today. You're going to be training. Um, so thanks so much for. For taking the time to uh, to talk to us, um, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of our pupils listen to this and um, take a bit of inspiration um, from from what you've said, your journey, um, and yeah, we we really appreciate you talking to us. We're we're really proud of your journey and how you've been going, and it was great to to see you get that start at the weekend. Um, and hopefully, it's uh, it's it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be the last one. Hopefully, it's something that you can kick on from and. Uh, yeah, all all the best for the rest of the season, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you at school very soon. Top man, thank you. Mister Bart, um, what a great guy, and um, I mean, really, really great that he's you know he's giving up his time to, um, you know, to to help out and and almost give back to his his old school, which he sounds very very appreciative of. Yeah, um, as as I said, everybody everybody at the Grove is is really proud of James, what he achieved when he was here, what he's um, currently achieving now at Leicester Tigers, and hopefully, um, you know, he can go on to even even bigger things um, in the next in the next few years. But um, I think just humble, hardworking, mm. um, dedicated to his craft, and. You know, I think those are probably some of the reasons, or some of the main reasons, why he has been so successful, and and I'm sure will be so successful moving forward. But um, yeah, really, really good to speak to him, and I think it's something we would like to try and do a little bit more of is is maybe get maybe get a few more old Grovians on to talk about their sporting um, experiences now post post Woodhouse Grove, but also when they were at school. So that's something that we're we're working on behind the scenes, and hopefully we can we can bring to uh, future episodes. Absolutely, so it's uh, to really look forward to there, and um, and I, I mean it's a long old list, isn't it? Um, which is testament to the to the sport here at the Grove. Um, so really exciting, um, really exciting guests coming up, and uh, a really great way to start that um, old Grovian feature. Um, so thank you, thank you for James for that. So there we are, at the end of another action-packed episode. Um, we really hope you've enjoyed it. As ever, um, please give us feedback. Please talk to us. Please tell us what you think you want to hear more of. Um, we've had some really positive feedback and chat over the last sort of um, six weeks or so. 
listeners are going up all the time. Um, if you haven't seen it before, then um, we do have our bonus uh, break-off pod with things you didn't know, us catching up with staff and pupils around the school to find out a little bit more about them. So please do engage in that as well. Um, like I say, get in touch. Let us know what let us know what you want to hear. Let us know if you want to join us, um, Mr. Barr. I believe I believe you've been looking at the stats and um, and even even had a listener in the USA, whoever that is. <laughs> yeah, I've no idea who um, who that could be, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's good. We, we said a couple of weeks ago that we were maybe uh, starting to go a bit a bit global with listeners in in Poland and uh, and a few other countries, but USA. That's um, it's an interesting one. I, re- I wonder who it is. Yeah, I have no idea, but uh, you know, if you if you are still listening, uh, if you've made it to the to the fourth pod uh, and at this stage in the fourth pod, then um, reach out. Be great to have you on, whoever you are. I also think now this is probably the time where we we are a few episodes in. We're starting to it's starting to take off. Um, you know, we we wouldn't be against any potential sponsors looking to get in touch. Um, you know, we can you know a little bit of sponsorship. We might be able to take the pod on the road. Um, I might open up a few opportunities for us, sir. I agree. Um, we could definitely get the, you know, the live pod on tour going. Um, you know, we could get the guests that require a bit more, bit more persuasion on the pod. Um, and um, and yeah, it'd be great for us. It's been another uh, another good episode, Mr. Wenham. Another great episode. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and as ever, if you have been, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.